Today, I'm going to give you the recipe for an easy mid-century update to any room in your house. This one's going to be a short episode because I want to give you a quick win, and I'm going to give it to you quickly. Hey there. Welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. This is Season 2, Episode 3. Last week, I shared my favorite resources for learning more and doing more on a mid-mod home update. This week, I want to get into something a little more hands-on. Let's talk about how you can kickstart your remodel process with a little instant gratification. I'm a big believer in setting yourself up for success by giving yourself early wins. And today, I want to share with you a recipe for giving yourself an MCM quick win that you can accomplish this very weekend. I've talked before about taking a remodel in phases and how I think you should let yourself have early satisfaction in the process to feed your energy for the longer haul components that are inevitable in most remodels. Check out season one, episode six for that. I'll link to it in the show notes today. In that episode, I also talk about how you can make that level one project something that will last you through your final home plan. Now, sometimes it's okay to do something right off the bat that will be overwritten later. For example, if you move into a house with an unworkable kitchen, but you don't have the time or resources to get to it right away, do yourself a favor to shell out for a gallon of paint to at least make it a palatable color while you wait. However, the best level one solutions are the sort of things you can do now and get the quick hit of endorphins today, but still make use of and enjoy at the end of your whole remodeling journey. One of the areas in the house that's most likely to fit that bill is improving the furnishings and interior design elements of your home. So, today let's talk about the things you can do on a non-architectural level to give yourself satisfaction and power your energy to carry on to a future, more transformational and architectural update to your home. Today I'm going to give you the recipe for an easy mid-century update to any room in your house. In this episode, I'm going to focus on updating a living room as a handy example, but stick with me to the end and we'll see how this recipe can be applied anywhere with a little creativity. After we talk about the living room specifically, I'll extend the idea so you can find out how to go wild with it in your own home. Sidebar. Is anyone else here a huge fan of Mark Bittman's cooking advice? I have his cookbook, How to Cook Everything Vegetarian. It's my life. Um, One of the things I love is how he writes a recipe that instead of being very specific and a quirky example of um, just standing out from the crowd, his personal style, he likes to give you the know-how and workarounds to adapt any recipe to your own needs and preferences. He has one way you can do it, and then a few or even a dozen variations in different flavors or dietary restrictions. He lets you know how to make substitutions and what really needs to happen and why. It gives the cook flexibility to explore on their own and to personalize to their own needs, restrictions, or whatever's in the pantry tonight. So, I want to do the same for you. Without further ado, let's get into my easy room recipe for turning up the volume on your mid-century living room. By the way, if you want to see what I'm talking about as well as just listen to it, this episode has a PDF download to go along with it. Get the mid-century room recipe, not just for the living room, but two more examples in the show notes, or go directly to midmod-midwest.com slash room recipe. No spaces. Find the show notes for this episode at midmod-midwest.com slash 203. Remember, there are a million more things you can do to fancy this up, but the basic ingredients of this recipe are three things. One, the coffee table. Two, adding a color. And three, finding a conversation piece. So let's start with the coffee table. Why start here? Well, it's the center of the room, a real focal point. 
Buying a new-to-you coffee table can also be an incentive to defy clutter. Don't mess up your brand-new or brand-new-to-you coffee table with dirty dishes or other junk. There are a million charming and evocative mid-century coffee tables. If you're looking for a good jumping-off point, I recommend just googling mid-century coffee tables. You'll come up with houses 50 most popular mid-century modern coffee tables. Uh, HomeEdit.com has a good list that includes the iconic Noguchi glass-topped table. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check it out. I'll link that up in the show notes. Or check out my Pinterest board devoted to mid-century coffee tables, also linked. The possibilities are many. You can purchase a name-dropping original or an official reproduction from a furniture supplier like Design Within Reach or Herman Miller. You could go vintage or estate sale shopping and find something antique with a story to tell. Or you can go bargain basement hunting and find something for a song. I have a nifty atomic-style triangular coffee table that my mom found in the perpetual garage sale of a church basement. She texted me a pic to ask if I wanted it for $2. I did. You can even make your own. But the fastest satisfaction will probably come from online shopping, for what that's worth. You be the judge, I don't know your life. Anyway, once you've nailed down your centerpiece, move on to color. Color is such a wide open field for mid-century design. The middle of the century was the jumping off point for planned obsolescence in terms of color fashion. Now, there's always been fashion, of course, in furniture and houses, as well as in clothing. But in the 1940s and 50s, the big appliance companies started to come out with this year's latest style in color for fridges and stoves and other things like that. Next year, a new one. This was probably really annoying for the people who were investing in their brand new electric appliances and then finding out they'd gone out of fashion the next year. But for us, it's almost uh, more freeing and less annoying because we get to cherry pick our favorite micro era in terms of color. Do you love baby pink and powder blue of the early 1950s? Go nuts. Are the pure bright mid mid-century colors more your thing? Grab your best lime green, sunshine yellow, and teal blue, go full Palm Springs 1960s. Those are my favorites too. They can be paired very well with the uh, clean white or anachronistically millennial light gray as a neutral. That's my favorite look. It perfectly encapsulates my own type of mid-mod fusion. Or you could go bold with 60s blown out yellow, avocado, green, and brown. Are you a classicist? Keep your whole house color palette natural and neutral and stick to Frank Lloyd Wright's favorite Cherokee Red for your color pop. Oh, do you want to hear more about Cherokee Red? I have a whole blog post about his favorite color. Uh, I'll link to that in the show notes also. Anyway, in terms of color, go with whatever makes your heart sing. Find something in that color to switch out or add in. Obvious choices in a living room are a lap blanket to toss over the sofa you haven't gotten around to updating just yet, or a throw pillow to jazz up a more boring or worn-out chair, a more splurgy choice would be a rug, or get out a can of paint and paint an accent wall, or a more beat-up piece of old furniture. The third element is the conversation piece. Again, you have so much leeway here. You want to find some sort of interesting vintage curio. A piece of wall art, like a mod-style boomerang-shaped plywood something, or a classic vintage trio of flying geese. My grandparents had one in their entry, and I wish I knew what had happened to it. My personal favorite is the Nelson ball clock for this purpose. If you don't know what I mean, I'll put a pic of that in the show notes to inspire you. It would make a great focal point to offset the coffee table in the room. With these three items, you can energize a room dramatically. All of them can be sourced per your preferences. Order them next day from Amazon or take on a vintage treasure hunt. If I focus on the living room, this recipe can be called a 3C formula, coffee table, color, and conversation piece. So 
hey, allow me a little leeway on the coffee table part. Now let's apply the recipe to other parts of the house. Here's how it works. You start with the quote-unquote coffee table. In other rooms, that just means a small but notable piece of furniture. Small because it's more accessible, lightweight, and less costly. Even if you choose to invest in a really high-end, pricey piece, a designer original, a coffee table will be less expensive than a sofa, chair, sideboard, or an entire room set. Parenthetically, my personal living room dream piece is the Eames lounge chair. It's that beautiful, sort of curving-in plywood piece with leather upholstery. The official reproduction comes from Herman Miller, and it costs upwards of $5,000. They don't even put the price on the main sales page. You have to click a little button that says buy now to prove you really want to know. So that's not in the cards for me right now. But slurging on a smaller piece is more viable. Anyway, you want it to be small, but noticeable. For color, this is so easy to adapt to any room. The cheapest color pop you can come up with is likely to be paint, but fabric items are gonna be the most portable and easy to adapt to a new look over time or put away and get back out after your bigger level two or level three remodel takes place. Finally, for the conversation starter, again, the sky's the limit. Anything from an interesting junk sale find to a family heirloom will do here. And again, this might be a useful way to cut down on clutter. Mid-century was not a time of really packed curio cabinets. They wanted to have a few beautiful designed pieces and show them off. So if you have a really nice piece of art you want to display on a side table, it will incentivize you to keep the mail pile from overshadowing it. Have fun with this. Go nuts with this. You can grab a PDF with the room recipes and extra examples. I've got a bedroom and a mudroom example in there you might want to check out. The big takeaway here is that for so many of us, remodeling a house isn't your day job, and it might not even be your passion project, probably. I mean, maybe you've decided to become a professional home flipper. But if you have other family, interests, friends, and responsibilities, in addition to a profession, how do you muster the energy to take on a huge project like a remodel? Set yourself up for success by giving yourself the satisfaction of an early, easy win. Try it out this weekend you might surprise yourself. Next week, I want to give you a little bit of my why. I really see helping people update their mid-century homes as a quest to make America a better place. Join me next week to learn why that is. If you're working on a mid-century remodel of your own right now, share your project and ask your questions in the brand new Facebook community, Mid-Mod Remodel. I would love to celebrate your successes with you there. Find me on Instagram where my handle is at midmodmidwest and the podcast's handle is at midmodremodelpodcast. You can find links, pictures, and a summary of everything I've just covered in this episode on my website at midmod-midwest.com slash 203. And you can get your copy of the recipe with examples for the living room, bedroom, and entry all drawn out at midmod-midwest.com slash roomrecipe. Till next time, Midmod Remodelers.